Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show, the big show, the most important and critically acclaimed podcast that is in our car. And we're in the red studio today, the, going down the road, up, well, we're going up the road towards Iowa, the land that is currently flooded. Yay, Iowa, yay! yay. Sorry to cheer flooding. Yeah, yes, yeah. We're we're cheering Iowa. We're not cheering flooding. We like Iowa. Iowa's a good state. Yeah. A little boring, perhaps, but where else can you get a zombie burger, right? (laughs) There we are. Welcome to the show today. We're going to be talking about something that is not a mystery podcast. In fact, my hands, even though I've washed them twice, still smell (laughs) of number number nine. nine. Cleaning solution. We went to the range this morning all by ourselves, and we're blasting away with our mighty 22s. The 22s were blasting away. I just got a newer model of the Smith & Wesson AR-15 version 2. I had the version 1, and while 22s were difficult to find, I found myself going through a box of... You know, 500 a day with the thing. And I was like, eh, you know, I really should not be doing this. So a friend of mine really wanted it, so I sold it to him. And I hadn't had one for a while. We don't shoot ARs. We're uh, bullpup people now. I am not a fan of it. She is not a fan of ARs, normally. She actually kind of likes the AR-15. But it's the new model is significantly different. It's got a it's got the Magpul furniture on it, and it's it's just it's a nice little gun. I'll do a review on that. That is that gun specifically is not what this podcast is about. We were just out there shooting, and then she was shooting her M and P. I guess it's it's Smith Week today or Smith Day today. She was shooting her M and P twenty two, which she uses as a trainer for her full size fire Glock. a Glock, but. It's it feels close enough that it's, but she likes it. She likes it a lot. Oh ye, yeah, definitely. And uh, we just did an article recently on how you could use guns that fire cheap ammunition. Doing that is a great way to train. So we just did a post on. But that is not what this podcast is about. What this podcast is about is we we everybody's always looking for the ultimate this or the ultimate that. So we're going to try and talk a little bit about, if not the ultimate, then compare and contrast three good options, and they're all good options, of 22 guns for preppers, 22 rifles for preppers. Now, to do this, there's so many kinds of them. I mean, there's just millions and millions, well, not millions, but literally thousands and thousands of different types of 22 rifles. We... Uh, put together a list of criteria that I think are criteria that preppers will use when deciding which 22 long rifle, uh, long guns to stock. As you know, I have made a several cases that preppers can get really good or maybe even the best used out of both bolt-action guns and lever guns in 22 because I don't really think you need a semi-automatic 22 I really is a prepper gun because they're not a good self-defense gun 
and they're not a good. You don't really need a semi-automatic for hunting. Cause, wow, you would have to be a pretty terrible shot <laughs> to need twenty-five rounds yeah. at a time. Um, but they do have their they do have their their pluses as well. And a lot of preppers, quite frankly, won't consider anything but a twenty-two semi-automatic. So for this list, we're just sticking with twenty semi-automatics. But we have other list of criteria, and there are other guns that are not on our list that might well be good choices for our list, but. These are three guns that are commonest, or that you may well likely already have at least one of them in your in your gun safe already. Most people have, who are preppers, have one of these guns. And so I wanted to talk about them. And I'm going to give you a caveat as we're going along uh, on one of the guns, because one of the guns is kind of more of a s- example of the class of gun rather than the actual oh, this is the best of this type of gun. Um, so let's get right to it. What were our criteria of the first the first part of our list? What were our, our criteria to be considered? And list one at a time, and I'll explain why I think we, we wanted that to be a criteria. Semi-automatic. Okay, semi-automatic. Well, most of you only, I don't say most of you, but most people only care about semi-automatic guns when it comes to prepping. I Again, me personally, that's not a thing. But, you know, I'm not the arbiter of prepping. So I'm going to go with the majority on this one and list three semi-automatic guns. Okay, that's one consideration. It has to be a semi-automatic gun. 22 long rifle. 22 long rifle. Yes, there are other 22s. 22 long rifle is the most common round of in the, the 22 rimfire family. So it has to shoot a long rifle. There's nothing at all... Um, Controversial about that choice. Next. Factory 25-round magazine. Okay. This is one where a lot of the guns kind of fall aside. The factory 25-round magazine, it has to have a good factory 25-round magazine or it's not going to make my list. Period. Because, you know, that's just a prepping standard. A 25-round magazine is, a, is something that preppers want. They don't want to have to reload all the time. And even for plinking, a 25-round magazine's a lot more fun. So I don't want a gun that doesn't have the, the uh, possibility of putting at least a 25-round magazine, and it has to have a factory 25-round magazine available for it. Because I'm not a big fan of aftermarket magazines that aren't named uh, Mag, uh, I said Magpul. Uh, I like PMAGs, and that's it. For aftermarket. So, okay, next. Average or above reliability? Average or above reliability. Now, there are several guns that that have met the previous uh, specifications, but that I personally have had really not good experiences with. I'm going to name one, for example. Uh... A gun that compares very closely to a couple of guns on our list is the the Remington 597. Uh, one of the guns on our list, and I'll give you a preview, is the Mossberg Plinkster 702. And uh, it's very, very, very similar to, well, this is the one that's similar to a lot of other guns. The Mossberg 702, they call it the Plinkster because it's such a geek gun. Well, 
The unofficial name for the Remington 597 is the Remington 597 Jam Master. Because those <laughs> things jam. They, they have and have had for many years problem with their ejector that comes from the factory. The only way I've ever found to make one of those things reliable is to tear it apart and put in an aftermarket ejector. There's a company that makes them. And to me, it's not worth it. There are other guns that are out there. Additionally, their 25-round magazine is junk. It's absolute junk. So, It's not going to be on my list. It's just not reliable enough. Any gun that you have to tear apart and put in aftermarket parts parts to make it work is right off my list. Okay. So, that's just an example. Easy to mount optics. Last one on the list. Easy to mount optics, yes. Almost all of these guns do have easy to mount optics. Some I like better than others. For example, if you have that little 22 rail, you know, you may not know, but a lot of these guns have the 22 rail where you have the the clamp on uh, 22 style scope mounts. They're easy to mount, but they're kind of junky. So I knock that. I knock the gun a little bit for that, but that does qualify as an easy to mount optic. Some of the other guns have other optic mounts that you'll understand. You'll get to know, and uh, they work well. But that has to be a gun like um, that doesn't have an easy amount of optic would never make the list. So, okay, those were our criteria. That still leaves a lot of guns out there. So I picked three because, A, I own all three. And, B, I've fired all three many times. Not so many with the newest version of my Smith & Wesson, but with my old version, I put thousands and thousands of rounds through it, and they're pretty close. And so let's take a look at what we came up with. And then we're going to compare and contrast each of these three models for their strengths and weaknesses. Because each has a strength and each has weaknesses. So, all right. Our three guns presented to you in no particular order. And then I'll, I'll talk about each one as to why I chose it are the Ruger 10-22 takedown, the Mossberg 702 Plinkster, and the Smith & Wesson AR-15-22. Okay, first, the Ruger 10-22. Okay, it is the single most ubiquitous and popular 22 out there. You can't have a conversation of a prepping type 22 gun without putting a Ruger 1022 in the list. Now, as I, I've written a review of, of my particular 1022 and of 1022s in general, because I've owned several of them. I mean, who hasn't? <laughs> most of the world. Most of the world who, <laughs> well, most of the world who don't have guns have, have never, but for gun people, everybody, yeah, it's a 1022. It's about it's, it's as ubiquitous as you can get. Now, the one I'm considering here is the takedown version. Because for prepping purposes, I think it's the best version of the 1022 to consider. Yes, the straight-up 1022, uh, Woodstock, uh, the cheapest version with the uh, Woodstock or or with the polymer stock that's not a takedown, they're they're fine. There's nothing wrong with them. But I'm, I'm doing the 1022 takedown 
because that was my choice of the gun. If I were going to be used as a prepper gun, that's the one I would want. And that's the one I, it's the only 1022 I own now. My second choice, the 702 Plinkster. I've got a couple of. And we call these little guns our grocery getters because they're they're just a very ubiquitous 1022 or a 10 not 1022 they're a very ubiquitous 22 there's a zillion of them out there they are dirt cheap and they're just a good little 22 rifle the third gun i have on my list is one that probably not as many people own it's the ruger or i mean sorry the smith and wesson ar15 it's basically a fully functional AR, except rather than in like uh, 223 or 5.56 or black 300 blackout, it's chambered in 22 and comes from the factory that way. It has the same exact manual of arms of any other AR-15. It looks like a regular everyday AR-15. It feels like an AR-15. It shoots like an AR-15. It's an AR-15, but it's in 22. And it's an interesting gun for several reasons, and we're going to get in. So, those are the three guns we're considering. Okay, what's the first part thing on our list? Now, these are presented in no particular order. There's no... They're not in order of importance, but what's the first one on our list? Price. Price. Okay, well, first of all, all the guns here are under $400, if you buy them right. So, the price, there is a price difference between one gun and the other two guns. And that, you know, that's a consideration. If Not everybody's made out of money, and, and uh, you know, that, that's a consideration. So, one of these guns, the Plinkster, now, I, I'm going to first of all say I, I got the, I bought all three of my guns right. And I don't remember the exact purchase price of the 1022 I got, but I know it was a it was on the way low end of it. I I pretty picky about the prices I buy my guns at. The 1022 Plinkster, both of them that I own, we bought on sale at a big box store, two different times, for ninety nine dollars. And if you stop and think about it, now that was with a factory magazine, it's only ten rounds. But if you stop and think about that. That is a pretty good buy, if the gun is of any quality at all. I mean, that's a pretty cheap price. So, now, I have not, for years they were sold at that big box store for $107. That was a very common price on it, and then they would sell it, put it on sale for 99 That store no longer carries, and I'm not going to mention the name, everybody knows the Plinksters know it, but they don't carry the Plinkster anymore, so they're a little harder to find, but you can still find them. Most places you're going to pay about $130 for now, unless you buy one used. And I would not be afraid of buying one of these. So there's a huge difference in price. And then the other two jump up to, you know, you're going to pay anywhere $350, $400 range for the takedown model and for the Smith & Wesson and for the Ruger take. So there is a huge difference in price, but none of these guns are expensive. Clear win for the yeah. Mossberg. Clear win for the Mossberg. The on that one. Yeah, absolutely. No, no comparison. The other two are both really 
triple the price of the other, at least. So Okay. Accuracy. Now, this is this one gets a little weird because I think all three of these guns are quite accurate. So it's kind of hard to tell. Um, one of the three, at least in my experience, is a little less accurate than the other two. And I think you would agree with that. Yeah. You know, we've had uh, straight-up accuracy. If I were putting straight-up accuracy, I'd say the most accurate one of these, and just for absolute sitting there and tack driving, is the Plinkster again. Plinkster. I think it is no the doubt. most accurate gun. I mean... I got bored with it because <laughs> you just shoot it at things, and it puts holes in those things, and right that's about where, it. Right where you're aiming. Yeah. I mean, it just... Even if they're it, small things and they're fairly far away, it still just puts holes in the things. You know, until you start getting into where bullet drop for a ten for a uh, twenty-two, it's just it just it drills tacks. So it's kind of boring to shoot, which is good and bad. The um, the caveat I have on the that uh, makes it a little harder to tell on the uh, M&P is I don't put optics on it, whereas I do put optics on the. 107. But it shoots fine. I mean, it, it shoots good groups. We've had a, a little less uh, satisfaction with the way that the 1022 shoots. It tends to throw bullets a little bit. It was more it always It always has. Yeah. And every 1022 I've ever owned has done this. And I've never had... I know there are some out there, and I know you're listening, you may own one of those that are just tack drivers, but I've owned about four or five of them, and I've never had a single one that I would call a tack driver. That's multiple varieties of ammunition, so it's not just the rot gut stuff, which, right. frankly, we do use a lot of. Now, I have a Ruger American rifle... Uh, Basically, the bolt-action version of the 1022, and it is an absolute yeah. tack driver. Yeah. It is just, it is freakishly accurate. So, and that's what using the same uh, magazines as the 1022. So, I know it's not a magazine issue, but, uh, yeah, so I'd say maybe, accuracy. Maybe it's the wiggle. Maybe it's the wiggle. I don't know. No, but see, the other 1022s I've owned, or 1022s I've owned, and I didn't keep any of them because I didn't really like, you know, I, I, I don't particularly like a gun that is not terribly accurate. It's not terribly accurate. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they didn't wiggle. We'll, give, we'll come back to the wiggle in a bit. And yes, I know what you're, what you're already thinking. You can adjust that. Well, we'll come back to the wiggle. That's kind of a uh, segue because build quality is not. Okay. The wiggle. We have one of the earlier versions of the uh, 1022 takedown, and it's weird because it, the fit is just not quite right on it. Now, I know they have a newer version out that I felt, and it does feel better than the one I have. I have a stain, the stainless version, black, the black stock stainless um, version with the, uh, with, oops, sorry, with the flash hider. Uh, I have put an aftermarket trigger in it. The trigger it came with, I did not like. Uh, but that's what we'll come back to expandability later because you're able to just drop an aftermarket trigger in it if you don't like the one. And that's just something that I just did. I don't like a 1022, but it does work fine. I mean, it works fine. I just don't like the feel of it. So I changed it out. Um, but I, every time you shoot the thing, it just, it feels like a takedown gun. And 
I don't really like that. Uh, the, Not like a takedown gun that's about to take itself apart in your hands. I've shot one or two of those. Yeah. And it wasn't the, that like no, that. No, 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 it no. was just not rock solid. Yeah. The fit and finish is fine on the Ruger. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, Smith & Wesson is just, it's Smith & Wesson. <laughs> they, no they, they, know, they know what they're doing. And, you know, it's a good American-made Smith & Wesson. I mean, they just, the fit and finish on the thing is just out of the park. And then we get to our little Plinkster friend, which is, it has the fit and finish and feel of a $100 gun. Yeah. The stock isn't particularly comfortable. It isn't particularly ergonomic. There's something in it that whispers to me that it might not continue to be a forever gun. It's not it, something I would pass on to the next generation. No, it's a and, cheap little plasticky gun. It's good for what it is, but, you know. So, fit and finish, if we're, if we're declaring winners and losers, this is the easy one. The, the winner is the Smith & West. No, it's not even a comparison. The second one would probably be the Ruger, even with the Wiggle, because I, they did fix that um, in the later version. But, I mean, it works fine. But, again, it's not that accurate. And, you know, maybe it is something that has to do with that. I don't know. But even though the other 1020s we had were not that accurate. Either. And by not that accurate, I mean... I want a 22 that's that I can put consistently on a quarter at 50 yards. Every I mean, I want to put eight out of ten shots on a quarter at 50 yards. And if you can't do that, then I don't think you're an accurate gun. And the 1022 cannot do that. I've never had one that could. Whereas the limiting factor on the Plinkster is my vision. Okay, let's move on. Reliability. Okay, honestly, uh, reliability, I call this a, a wash because I've never had any reliability problems with any of the guns. For twenty two semi-automatics, they're yeah. nice. Okay. Um, of the three, I will say that probably the most picky on ammo is probably the Plinkster. I don't think. No. Yeah, I think well, so. I thought it was the, tw- the takedown. The, yeah, ten twenty-two. Um, you know, interestingly, the ten twenty-two is a little more picky on ammo when you load it into the factory mag, which is what you shot it with. The yeah. Little, yeah. But if you put it into the later developed twenty-five round mags, it, that I've never noticed. That pretty much solved the problem. I think it was as much a. a, a a better magazine that kind of fixed that problem because I've never had. I've shot the 1022 takedown. I shot you know, okay I'd thousands moved. of rounds through the thing, and I've moved on to another gun. <laughs> yeah, okay, you have. Well, I had at the time you were shooting the new magazine. Right. Yeah, and, and, and that just really that that fixed that. Uh, the Plankster, uh, the magazines, the twenty-five round mags are decent. But they're not as good as the other two. In fact, if I were to rate the magazines, the 25-round magazine, as far as who has the best magazine, which is not one of our criteria, I think it would easily be, and I don't think it's even close, the Ruger wins easily. It's the, They have the best 25-round mags. The Smith & Wesson comes in number two, and the... Uh, Plinkster comes in at number three, even though they're, none of them are bad. Um, 
fact, the, the, the Plinkster even comes close to the Smith & Wesson. Smith & Wesson is uh, the, the, not the strength of their dead gun, is the magazine. It's got plastic lid. I don't like that. But anyway, go right in. Well, portability. Oh, this, there's, there's a big win here. And this is a tie because both the 1022 takedown and the Smith & Wesson AR-1522, both of them, uh, win portability because and they, you can take them in half. It's just that simple. And you put them in a bag. Take them in half without tools and with a couple of pins. One pin in one in one yeah. place and two pins in the other place. Now, I will say that there's a slight edge to the 1022 because it's a slightly smaller gun. So it, but the uh, Air 1522 has a collapsible stock, so it's it's a wash. Those two are both portable. The Plinkster, it's a it's a it's not. It's a one piece. It's a one piece gun, and you can take it apart, but you're you know you're talking about tools. You're getting out a screwdriver to do it. And that's not, you know, the other two you just pop pop either one lever open or literally push two pins and pull and your the other gun comes right apart. So expandability. Expandability, um okay. We have a clear loser in the expandability as well. <laughs> Our good old friend the Plinkster isn't you can put a scope on it. Or you can not put a scope on it. <laughs> <laughs> you could put a 10-round magazine on it, or you could use a 25-round magazine, and that's about what you can do with one. They do have, it has a cousin, the, I think it was a 715 or 725, I don't remember. It's the fake AR, the one that looks like an AR, but just as plastic, uh, a uh, plinkster wrapped in plastic. Do not buy that gun. Do not buy that gun. It is just a plinkster wrapped in plastic. And what's wrong with that? Well, lots of things are wrong with that. It's a plinkster wrapped in plastic. But you do have an AR-22 on this list, so I'm hoping you will clarify what you see as the difference between those two. Okay, one of the two... Okay, the AR-1522 is an AR-15. It's an actual AR-15. Same manual of arms and all. Yeah, it's the it's same lower, same... It is an AR-15. Mm-hmm. This other one is a Plinkster in which they've just added a fake AR-15 plastic case around. It's like a toy gun. It's... You just... And to clean it, you have to take this all this... AR-15 plastic off of it to even get to it. It's not an actual real gun. It's just it's 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 a plastic case around a a, a plinkster for three times the money. Okay, so how about we talk about expandability for the other two? Ah, yes. Well, there's a lot of things you can do with a with a Ruger. Okay, they've got all kinds of aftermarket parts. Uh, for example, I put I dropped in a, a trigger set on mine. Just because the the, the uh, stock river or trigger was something I did not like. You got different barrels available. You've got different. This is for the uh, Ruger models in general. Uh, you got different options. You can put different scope 
rails on it. There's all kinds of stuff you can do. You can, there's a million different, not a million, but there's a bunch of different aftermarket stocks. If you don't like this, the common stock, you could put a, a folding stock on it if you want to. And the 1022 takedown has their own different stocks, but there's several aftermarket stocks. There's all kinds of things you can do with them. And the most expandable is the AR-15-2 because it is an AR-15. Because they are, yeah. It, it's just an AR-15. Have a you can every mall ninja. <laughs> you, you, you can go, you, that's right. You can go full mall ninja on that thing. You can, you know, any of these you can mount like a a, a rifle scope, or you can mount a, a a light or laser, or you can do that on All any of, the of these above. And a bipod and, and <laughs> oh yeah, a bipod and. And a grenade launcher. You can, put a, you can put a grenade launcher on an AR-15-22 if you want to. Literally can. I don't know why. But would it would. just launch big firecrackers? That's the question. <laughs> or you could launch grenades with it. I uh, don't happen to have anything. Well, do you, you can go on the internet and buy them. I think I'll pass. Legal ones. You really can. Oh, can I? Well, considering how good I am with a baseball, maybe I won't anyway. Smoke grenades. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that. Okay, but you could if you wanted to. Uh, it, basically, anything that will mount to a AR-15 that does not require it being a specific caliber will fit on one of those things. All right. So, Sounds it, like a good segue to optics. Optics. Okay. First, we're going to talk about stock optics. Iron sights. Or in the case of one of these, polymer sights. There's a clear winner here. Let's start with the clear winner. The clear winner, and it's not even close, is the AR-1522. Because it is basically a flat-top AR-15. But it ships with Magpul M-Bus sights. Fold-down sights, they are. Fold-down. The, the same sights you would get on any AR-15. It's a standard Magpul Sights. I mean, they're, you know, it's just the, the, the full down. Now, the polymer version. So it's an AR-22. It's not a 308. So you're not going to shake these sights to pieces. But they put a really, really nice sight picture. They're full down. They get out of the way of the optics. And the optics are mountable on your standard rail. It's a standard mounting rail. It's a, so there's that. that and that's a clear winner. Doesn't get any easier than that. Doesn't get any easier than that. The other two guns also ship with iron sights, but I don't think either one of them would be considered good iron sights. Meh at best. Meh at best. The um, maybe the better of the two is the 1022. Maybe it's got the fiber optic sights on it, and it's a very short sight picture. Uh, I, yeah, it's didn't care for it. And the Plinkster has your typical little weird ro rotating dial uh, elevation iron sights. They're okay, but with both the Plinkster and the Ruger, uh, Ruger once you mount optics on it, you're done with, you're done with your iron sights. Worse, the Ruger, if you just put the mounting rail at least for the model that I have, you put the, you put the mounting rail on. Even if you don't put 
the optic on the mounting rail, you still can't use the iron sights because the, the back sight falls below the eye level of the mounting rail. And that is just stupid. It's a poor design. Uh, I, I don't like that. So, you know, you must use the optic. And this is a takedown gun. So that means you either have to get a rock-solid, always-on location optic that's easy to take on and off. And when you put it on, it, it, it stays in. Uh, sighted in. Yeah. Or you sight it in every time, yeah. which is ridiculous. Because this is a takedown gun, and you need to, for, for it to fit in the actually the case that it comes with, you need to pop the optic off. So not a fan. Um, with the other one, uh, the Plinkster, basically, it just, you could put higher rings on it but again this has got the little dovetail mount instead of the actual like picatinny rail type mount and those are kind of iffy to start with so locating one of those up not so much with the the uh, ar-15.2 however it just uh, the you click the sights down out of the way and they're out of the way and you put the optic on, and you're good. Or even if you want to, you could use something like a holographic sight and co-locate that front sight, and that works great, too. So there you are. So there we are. And now, since we're almost done, before you put the guns away, you have to clean them. Ah, yeah, and, and um, unfortunately, this one also has a clear winner because one of these guns is easy, and two of these guns are a pain in the tukas. Why I had moved on from the Ruger and was no longer shooting it by the time we got the 25-round magazine. Yes. I like D2 Clean. Yes, and I don't mind tearing down a 1022. It's not the world's hardest thing to do, but I don't particularly like having to do it every time I go shooting. And I clean my guns every time I go shooting. So basically, I shoot guns that are easy to clean, and the other ones become basically become, you know, safe queens. Especially with 22s, because the cheap 22s, one of the reasons we use 22s so much is they're cheap, but only if you use the cheap ammo. The cheap ammo is dirty. Yeah, it is. So, to me, having something that's easy to clean is very important in a 20. Right, which is why she, in fact, enjoys a gun like that uh, M&P 22. (laughs) Her little handgun, because it's about as easy to pull apart and clean as anything. That's the first thing I looked at after I felt the hand feel to see if it was going to feel in the hand like my Glock. Like, show me how to take it down and clean it. (laughs) Okay. Which turned out to be a fiasco because nobody at the gun shop really knew. Yeah. There is a trick to it. you got to know the trick. Once you know the trick, it's cake. Yeah. And the trick, by the way, in case you're wondering, in case you've ever considered that gun, is you just have to pay real attention. The little uh, spring... Uh, spring rod under the rod that goes inside the spring goes in a particular place in a particular way. And once you learn where that little notch goes, you're gold. Don't just pop it open and dump it all out. Pay attention, Pay attention to, to what direction out. that little rod comes out because if you don't get that right, that gun is not going back together. Also, originally the latch. We yes. didn't know that you had to pull the pin. Yes, you pull, out as you pull you, the latch. You rotate it down, and then you have to pull it out before you take and it, it apart. And it catches before it comes completely out, so you have to make sure it's all the way out. Anyway, but the 1022 is a pain to clean. The 702 Plinkster is a pain and a half to clean. 
you know, anytime you have to get out a uh, a uh, hammer and a punch to clean a gun, no. it's too hard to clean. Period. Whereas the AR-15-22 is a piece of cake. It just pops right apart like a normal AR. The bolt's a little different, but it's still you can get to everything you need to get to uh, really easily. So clear winner. Clear winner in the ease to clean. Is that the end of our list? That's the end of our list. Um, so what are my conclusions? Well, if I were going to re- recommend one, first of all, I would recommend any of these three guns. I think they're all fine for a uh, survival situation. And, of course, I would also recommend the uh, 1022 non-takedown as well. You know, just basically the same gun without the takedown ability. Um, and probably actually a little more solid. So any of these guns are fine. Which, if I were... If I were in a survival situation, which of these would I pick? Well, undoubtedly, without question, it would be the Smith AR-15-22. Well, it's not even close. Yep. It's better quality. It's uh, much easier to clean. It shoots rotgut ammunition. It's much more expandable. Uh, it's just easy to shoot. And it's so light, it doesn't have reason I like the bullpups better than I like the... AR is usually because I like the back weighting, so I don't have a bunch of weight out in front of me on the rifle. Well, the AR-15 22 doesn't have that, so right, and it's actually a lighter gun because it doesn't. It's a 22. It's a it's a purpose-built 22, yep. so it's not as heavy. Uh, we're driving past oh, the eagle's nest, and she's she saw an eagle head in the eagle's nest. They may be hatching out pretty soon. Well, they may be already hatched. They may have, but of course, all I could see from this is. Parent head. Yeah, to heck with all that gun talk. There's an eagle over there. <laughs> eagle in the nest. Come on, guys. So, yeah, um, without a question, the 1022 is second, simply because of build quality and the fact that it's a it's a better uh, a better gun as far as if you're going to have a gun 25 years from now, which of these two do you think will last better, Three. the Plinkster or the 1022? The 1022 will. No question about it. And there's the parts availability, the expandability. Uh, and 1022 parts are all over the place. So absolutely, I would go with it as the number two. And the Plinksters, number three. But I would not be, I would not be. Um, we were distracted by pelicans. She was distracted. She distracted me by pelicans. I'm driving and talking. So this is about the limit of what I can do here. Um I would not be afraid of a Plinkster, especially if that's all I could afford. And additionally, I have a couple of them just simply because, you know, we may need to arm a couple extra people. You know, we may have friends that need to go squirrel hunting. The 1022 is a perfect thing. And also, you know, it's a gun that if it doesn't come back to me, it's not the end of the world. And, you know, it's a $100 gun. Ruger 10.22. If you don't get the takedown model, it's a $225 gun. So, you know, they price in pretty well. I would I would actually, I do actually own all three. So, there's that. After having had an opportunity to sell off, we still own all three of them. Yes, I could sell. I could sell them, but I didn't. So, there we are. I hope this was uh, at least uh, interesting to you. Uh, We'll catch you the next time.